There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Well, welcome to, the, to today's WCN-TV program. It's Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. You know, we've been discussing and warning you about the globalist agenda since we started this program four years ago. And I've been warning about this in our newspaper, Wisconsin Christian News, and on my weekly national radio broadcast for more than 20 years. In the past, I've given you the big picture at all at once, and we've also broken this agenda down into bite-sized segments over the years. Much of what I've learned has been from our guest today. In 2010, one of our readers drove several hours to my office just so he could personally hand me a copy of Agenda Grinding America Down. Now, if you had any idea how, how much, I mean, the sheer number of books, DVDs, and other materials people send me, you'd know that I'm overwhelmed with the information that comes across my desk, and most of it I just simply don't have time to look at. But in this case, this man was so enthusiastic about the DVD, I made time to watch it. And I was astounded at just how comprehensive and easy to understand this production is. And to this day, I still tell everyone that Agenda Documentaries, there are two of them, Agenda 1, Grinding America Down, and Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, are the absolute best I've ever seen. I highly recommend them. And the producer of those documentaries is our guest today on the program. Curtis Bowers is with us. Curtis is a husband, father of nine, filmmaker, speaker, and businessman. He served as a state representative in the Idaho legislature, started and operated three award-winning fondue restaurants, and produced these amazing Agenda documentaries. Curtis now hosts AgendaWeekly.com, which is a weekly review of current events, uncovering the agenda behind the so-called news. He's also spoken at two of our Wisconsin Christian News conferences, and he was the very first guest here on WCN-TV on our first show, November 6th of 2019. I'm honored to have him back with us again today. Curtis, welcome to the program. Rob, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I can't believe that's been four years ago. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. There's a lot of programs, but... Um, and folks, I can tell you now, there's no way we're going to be able to get through everything that's on my list uh, that I want to ask Curtis about, but we will do our best. So, Curtis, I guess, why don't we start, if you could kind of tell us about um, how you came to produce that first documentary. I can't imagine the amount of work that you put into that. It was exceptional. Well, thank you. I'm I'm thankful. I, I felt convicted to make it. Um, and then God helped in the process because I, I told him, I said, I don't know if I know how to make a movie or not. And he's like, I need you to make a film. I said, okay. But um, I came about because in 2008, as many people, as I looked around, I saw, you know, the country's been going the wrong direction my entire life. And it didn't seem to even matter who was president, even during Ronald Reagan, even though he did some good things the country, the culture that w was slowly just crumbling from within. And I thought, why is that? Why does it always go the wrong direction? How come it never goes our way a little bit? And 
So uh, I started to dig in and study and God's blessed me with a lot of children. And I thought, you know, if, if we don't turn from the road we're on, we're going to get to where we're going. And I had studied communism quite a bit and I knew it, it wasn't a good place to be. And so uh, being appointed to be a rep representative there in the Idaho legislature kind of threw me into the fire of what was going on. And as I saw, even in Idaho, things had just been so corrupted and so weren't what they appeared to be. That's during that process is when I started to think back over things I'd learned in my life and to a communist meeting I'd attended back in the 90s and things. And I started to realize, wait a minute, even though it sounds far-fetched, even though it sounds nutty or conspiracy theory or whatever, these communist Marxist progressives have set agendas since the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. And as you go back and read through them, I saw they're checking off the list. Whether we want to acknowledge they're there or not, it's clear that they're being very successful in accomplishing radical change in our country. And so that's kind of where, as I looked at my children one morning at breakfast, that's when I really knew I need to try my best to wake up people in America to what is really going on behind the scenes so they don't think it's just ignorance or people that are naive and don't get it. It's like, no, we have an enemy from within that is far more deadly than any enemy that is without. And, um, and that's what I tried to do, educate people on that with the films that I made. Amen. Amen. And thank you for doing that. Uh, Jonathan, I wonder if we could um, watch that trailer for the first movie. Um, and folks, I would I would recommend you you check this out. You can you can go to uh, agendadocumentary.com. Is that correct, Curtis? That's right. And you can, if you want to just rent them, you can watch them on Amazon as well. Well, yeah, I just I just today ordered three copies, so I'd have some for my kids to hand out at Christmas time. Great, thank you. So, and um, but I I would I would suggest this would be something, you know, back when I first got these, um, we did watch them as a family, but um, it's a good reminder, especially in the days we're living in now. So let's let's take a look at that uh, trailer if you can find that, Jonathan, producer man. There we go. Okay, I'm on a mute. More human beings were slaughtered in the 20th century than in all previous centuries combined. We're talking a congressional record, 135 million dead. Their entire purpose was to detach our culture from any moral anchors whatsoever. You look at the changes in America since 1960, perhaps, the, the whole culture's been transformed. They're coming out of the belief that the village should raise the child. Uh, the village means the government. They have deliberately destroyed the American family, understanding that's the foundational block that uh, builds a society. We've come from uh, Norman Rockwell's America to, uh, you know, Hugh Hefner's America. If we lose the Judeo-Christian framework, we're lost forever. The left wants you to think that the cultural changes that have taken place in America since the 1960s have done nothing but progress us forward toward a brave new world. They look at what holds society together, they understand it, but they don't want that. They want change, and they will subvert and rot every good and decent thing we believe in because they have a vision for a new society, and that must mean the replacement of the old society. This film will show that the brave new world they seek is nothing more than the failed policies and ideologies of the communism that enslaved over a third of the world's population during the 20th century. It will show that most people on the left aren't communist, just the useful idiots Lenin spoke of, being used to promote a socialist agenda, which is the first and necessary step toward communism. They basically try to say that the state itself is ultimate 
that there's nothing, no law higher than the state, and if there's no law higher than the state, there's no appeal against it. History has proven beyond any doubt that the free enterprise that freedom produces provides more for anyone willing to work than any other system. So why would the left still be pushing their socialist agenda on us? I mean, it's really just microwave communism. There's only two possibilities. They're either ignorant or they're evil. From my investigation over the last two years into what has caused America's drastic decline, I'm sorry to say the left won't be able to use the ignorant card. They've left too much evidence of their agenda in their books, articles, and speeches. No, America has an enemy that is getting very close to accomplishing its plan of destroying the greatest country in all world history. Once people figure it out, they're going to do what people everywhere do. They're going to start protesting and they're going to start revolting. And when that happens, that's when the powers that be feel threatened and they use the power that they have. Curtis, um, last time you were with us, it was 2019. It was just four months before the lockdowns began. And um, at that time, we had no idea what was coming, but they certainly have ramped up the um, the agenda since then, haven't they? Yes, I think they've found a new vehicle to make huge progress in such a very small window of time. Um uh, Bill Gates, of course, last October, a year ago, had a conference called Catastrophic Contagion 2025. And at that conference, they talked about the pandemic that's coming in 2025 and how it's going to be far more deadly than COVID. And it's mainly going to kill young people. And my first question to him was, how do you know that? But it, it tells me they always signal where they're going. And I truly believe that that will be in the cards at some point because, again, they made the progress of a decade or more in six months <laughs> with the with the excuse of this crisis, of this fear, of this this situation that they use. They always abuse the people to get what they want, and I think they found the fear of death is is a really wonderful weapon to be used, and so. Uh, whether it's 2025 or this coming year or whenever, there will be another pandemic coming because these people, um, they have this satanic lust for power and control. And again, they they found out that, wow, <laughs> there's nothing we've done that has been more successful than that. So, yeah, we're, we're we'll probably have some rough days ahead. Well, you know, Event 201 kind of flew under the radar. Nobody really knew about it until after the lockdowns began, and then everybody knew about it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess everybody did not know about it. People watch this show did, did. but um, 
Yeah, and it's worldwide. It's not just America anymore. So That's which, right. No, and I think the key is a lot of people go, why would they have an event 201? Because they need all the global leaders to be on the same page. Why? So they will accept the solution that they're offering to solve the problem, which, of course, never solves the problem. It accomplishes their goals. So that's why you, you kind of have to telegraph, because if you if we would have had a COVID and it was a natural thing that had happened on its own or whatever, you would have every country, every state doing different things to try to solve the problem. And they know if that happens, somebody's going to find the solution to the problem and then that will spread. So we've got ahead of time get control. Here's an narrative. We're going to do distancing. We're going to do masks. And then the only hope is going to be a vaccination and remdesivir and respirators are the only medical procedure we're going to use. And so they laid that out. And so we've been so brainwashed to trust the experts uh, for decades. We just told that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a little echo there, but anyway, hopefully that came through there, but that that's why, uh, they they have those little meetings ahead of time. So when we watch for those, it usually tells us where we're going. Yeah, and um, you know, Fauci did tell Trump that he would have to deal with the pandemic, and then you know, it's uh, they always tell us what they're going to do before they do it every yep. every time. So yeah. Um, so tell us, I don't know if, you, if it's possible, but if, can you give us a short explanation of what the actual agenda is and how it's been carried out? Sure. In brief, what it is, it's it's the communist, which is, that's not a term uh, people feel comfortable using anymore, so they call them Marxist. A Marxist is a communist. It's the same thing. But those that have that, the, the, the Karl Marx programming of thinking um, you're going to create this utopia on earth by having a totalitarian uh, government like in China, which is the model for the world. Um, and of course, the elites know that's not what it does, but that's how they sell it to the useful idiots saying, oh, no, it's going to create a utopia on earth. Just give us total control. We'll get everything fixed and then we'll just eliminate government and you'll be free to do whatever you want. But that way you never arrive at that stage because you were never meant to arrive at that stage. It's just a clever scheme for those certain few that have this lust for power that a lot of us don't even understand because that's not our weakness. But those that have it, they have it. And they, it's insatiable. There's there's nothing that will fulfill that until they have their thumb on every human on the planet. Um, and it's satanic. It's Satan wanting to be in control like God is in control. God's in control of every person on the planet and, and is orchestrating things and is there and has his hand in their life. And Satan wants to mimic that. So that's all it is. So it's it's been since the Garden of Eden. But when Karl Marx laid it out in the mid 1800s and then Vladimir Lenin as a young man read that and said, I'm doing that with my life. I'm a committee and then was able to take over Russia shortly thereafter in 1917. And then communism started to grow worldwide. Um, it So many of those elites that have that lust for power, they saw that as that's the vehicle for us to have total control of everyone. So that's why the globalists, the elites, the bankers, whatever, whoever you want to call them, the super wealthy of the world. They love communism. They've been propping it up since the Bolshevik revolution. Um, when Lenin first started that thing, it was crumbling right as it was getting going. And the bankers of the world, the, the Rockefellers and, and different ones, they pumped in millions of dollars because they wanted an enemy, but they also wanted a communistic system that could control the people the way they want to control them. But they, they don't want to do the dirty work, but they're happy to have these monsters that rise up in the communist system that will do it for them. So that's all it's been. But they were smart enough to come into America in the 20s and 30s and start getting in all the institutions of influence, get in the universities and the schools and the media, go out to Hollywood, start getting control everywhere we can be, letters to the editor of the newspaper, be the editor of that section of the newspaper, and do whatever they could do to influence others. And they're so committed. I've read so many of their books and, and things that they've done. It's shocking. They, if we had a tenth of that commitment, well, we have the truth. And we do have God. on our, We're on his side. Um, it would be amazing. But because of that just satanic commitment to it, they have been very successful at marching through those institutions. And now our young people today, just a couple of years ago, a survey of young people, they were asked, 
what type of system do you wish America was? And I, I know you've probably talked about it on this show, but they said 70% of the people, uh, of young people, 35 and under, said we want a socialist form of government. But 30% said they wanted a communist form of government, which is pretty shocking. So it, shows, it tells me that they don't know what either one of those systems are, but it shows they have really been brainwashed by those influences. Yeah, I wouldn't send a young person to a public university for any anything in the world. No, nope. uh, Curtis, you put together a, a flowchart um, that um, is pretty comprehensive. Although I see you have left out the Republican Party, which yes, me, has has, has uh, it really has done nothing to help anyone. No, they're the. They're the enemy from within and that they're establishment people. They love the status quo. Our side, as they get up in the system, are more prone to just do whatever's accepted because they love the lifestyle. The other side is committed to a cause. The Democratic Party, I mean, was officially taken over by the Marxists back in the 1990s. And I talk about in the films because the labor unions were taken over by the Marxists starting back in the 1930s. They started working their way in because they knew the unions are what fund the Democratic Party. So if you control the unions, the teachers unions, the labor unions, you're going to control the Democratic Party because you're if you look at all the donations nationwide to the Democratic candidates and, and everything, you know, 50 plus percent of it's from unions and all the dues and stuff. So um, that's that's what they've done. But yes, the Republican Party has this upper crust that just goes along to get along because they love the sweet life of, you know, being in charge and having all these nice dinners and trips and all that stuff. Yeah, you certainly um, don't go into Congress um, on a con congressman's salary and, and come out a millionaire two years later uh, just for being a public servant, do you? Yeah, or like the Obama <laughs> went from, I think he had like 400000 or $500,000 total net worth, houses and everything when he went into, and now he's, you know, 70, 80 million. <laughs> like, where, where'd you get that from? You know, no, it's, it's so rotten. Um, but again, those people that lust for the power, they are the ones that have the money, a lot of them. And so they know, hey, we can just buy these guys off. And it works because most of the politicians in America have been attracted to politics, not because they care about our country, not because they want to stand up for what is right. It's because they admire the name tags and the labels and the things. That's what's brought them into that. That's what I noticed when I was a representative in Idaho. The main thing, even in Idaho, I noticed Almost none of these people belong here, even the ones that are kind of nice, because their weakness is the name tag. You know, they love the name tag. They wear it all around town, even when we're not in session and stuff. They want everybody to know, I'm a senator or I'm a representative. And I realize that's your weakness. You shouldn't be in here because you're going to be prone to compromise to keep that name tag. We need people in there that could care less about the name tag. And I think we've got a few of them now, thankfully. It's first time in probably our lifetime. We've got a couple of decent ones trying to stand and fight. And they're exposing the other ones that are just these people that always can say the right thing, but they never do the right thing. Can you take us through this flowchart um, the best sure. you can in, in uh, a short amount of time? Um, yep. It's it's it's, it's yeah. pretty comprehensive, but uh, it is. run us yeah. through this. I will, real quick. The four, as I studied this, two years full-time, nothing else, just studying this to make the movie. Um, I, I noticed those four across the bottom were the Frankfurt School, Antonio Gramsci, Fabian Socialist, and the Communist Party USA. Those are the four most influential groups in America over the last hundred years. They have had tremendous influence. And of course, the Soviet Union's right there. They fund the Communist Party USA back back in the day. And, and then the KGB has had huge influence. But but from those, this, I started studying those four groups and I saw like on the Frankfurt School. Well, that's where... Herbert Marcuse, who's the one that came up, you know, made up the saying, you know, make love, not war. And they started to degrade the culture. And they came up with the idea of political correctness and cultural Marxism, which went into social justice and diversity and multiculturalism and all the moral relativism, all those little isms and things that sort of to penetrate the school to twist the minds and hearts of our young people. That was all the Frankfurt School. That's what they were about. In fact, one of the leaders, um, Lord Bertrand Russell, said this. 
He said, well, no way we've been successful in the educational system when all the students are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that snow is black. Think about that. <laughs> so that they want to pervert everything to the opposite of the way it is. That was said 100 years ago. Well, they, they didn't. They probably haven't gotten that, but they did get uh, males are females. Exactly, but it's that same thing. It's the opposite. Yeah. Like, oh, no, that's not a male. That's a female. And, and men can have a baby, and all. I mean, so it's. But that's where they are. But that was their plan a hundred years ago. That's how committed they are. And of course, that all those ideas went into Hollywood to make them cool and to get all the influencers to go. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm politically correct and all that stuff too, because they realize. They had created a culture where we're obsessed with personality and fame and fortune. So if we could just pay those people to say what we want them to say, which they'll do because all they're about is their position, um, then we're going to have huge influence. Antonio Graham, she's the master of so many things there. He's the one that said, if you take over all those institutions of influence, you will change the people from within. And then he says, eventually a generation will rise up. And that's what we're living through right now. He said, they won't, they won't only want what you're selling, the socialist world. They'll need it because they'll have been so broken down with the morality, their character, everything. They won't be able to take care of themselves. So it was pretty powerful as you, as you see all the things that that went into to, to accomplish that and to take over all the nonprofits and things that now all these uh, NGOs and stuff that are just corrupting everything with our own tax dollars and stuff. They've been masters that the Fabian socialists were a, a key group still are. They said, we are going to implement a world socialist government, but we're going to do it through evolution instead of revolution. They loved the communists, so they weren't against the communists, but they said the communists are going to march down the road trying for world revolution, and we're going to march down the road of slowly changing things over time with a world evolution to a one-world socialist government. So they were working hand-in-glove, but at different ways, in different ways to do that. And then the Communist Party USA, which when I first came out with my movie, the first one in 2010, I had people emailing me stuff. You liar. There's no such thing as a Communist Party USA. <laughs> and I was like, they had been so brainwashed by the media. They thought, no, when the Berlin Wall came down, communism died worldwide. What are you talking about? And I go, go to the Communist Party USA website and you'll see everything they're promoting. And it's everything the Democratic Party is pushing forward. And of course, I went back then, 2008, typed in Communist Party USA and I went to their website. And guess who they said? We want to work toward with everything we have in us to become president. Well, Barack Obama, they say he's our man I mean, right on their own website. And people are like, well, what are you talking about? So we were so delusioned and so naive. So many people on our side, I think many have awakened since then, did not understand. They're still around on all our college campuses right now, the Communist Party USA. And they call most of their their movements now some progressive stuff. But you go to their website, you can see all the things they're pushing. But they were totally behind the ACLU. Um which was to remove God and the Bible and everything from our culture completely. In fact, the ACLU, a lot of people don't know this, but when they first set up their offices with Roger Baldwin, it was in the Communist Party headquarters in New York City. That's where the ACLU offices were for their first several years in business. And Roger Baldwin, when he was asked at the beginning, what's the ACLU all about? He said, communism is the goal. Period. <laughs> that that was it. So and then so that movement just has polluted and destroyed our Christian heritage and our 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 the foundations that the, that were there, the Ten Commandments in the schools and things that were just logical to have. Um, and then you look at the Communist Party USA. Henry Hay, Hay, who was one of the top leaders of the Communist Party, he started the Mattachine Society, which was one of the first big homosexual movement group to start stirring up homosexuality throughout the country. And then Betty Friedan was there with the feminist movement to break down uh, the family and women's wa wanting to be wives and mothers, to get them to get out of the home. Let us raise your kids. You go do something meaningful. Go work for some man in the world or whatever. So it was very, but you look from those four groups, I mean, every person you can think of, every that's really had significance, they're tied to one of those causes or movements or groups. I was shocked how influential they had been. When back when I first came out with the movie, most people didn't hadn't heard of any of those four. 
they thought the Communist Party USA, oh, that had died back in the 30s or something, and they had not heard of the other three groups there. So, it, but it just shows their penetration. And that's what we're waking up to see. All the people that have awakened in the last three years during COVID, this is what, it wasn't just COVID by itself. There had been a hundred year foundation laid of rotting America from within, crippling the churches, taking over the seminaries. So you're teaching the pastors to, you know, have feel good sermons. Don't be so dogmatic about heaven and hell. Just teaching to be good and be kind and all that stuff. The educational system, we wonder why in Oregon just a month ago, they passed a thing now where reading, writing, and arithmetic are no longer required to graduate from high school. <laughs> no reading, no writing, no arithmetic. Those are racist. Those are white supremacy things that only white people can do. And so that's the new standard. But that was all purposeful from these groups are the ones that planted all those seeds of total destruction of everything we see around us, the family, the church, and the state, all three of God's institutions. You know, we could do uh, several shows on this, just on this one flow chart, but yes, and I, I don't want to go off on a rabbit trail, yep. but tell us about John Dewey, um, if you would, because yeah. people are unaware of this. And, yeah. Um, yeah, John Dewey, right there, you see him. Uh, he was he was in a group that was part of the Fabian Socialist Society, but he was also a founding member of the Socialist Society in America. He was a founding board member of the ACLU back when its headquarters was in the Communist Party headquarters in New York City. He was one of the founding members of that. He was he hated God. He was an atheist. He was um, just a wicked person. If you if you study who he was, and he's the father of our modern day government school system. We wonder why it's rotten. It was designed to be rotten. He said in so many of his books and writings, we're not interested in getting having sharp thinking, creative, individualist students. We need, we need to raise a generation of young people that will fit like a cog into the socialist machine we are creating. So a cog just sits there and turns all day, you know, you got to be really dumbed down to be happy just doing that your whole life. And that's what they wanted. So the, the, the so many people on our side, we got to fix the school stuff. Yeah, of course, it's great to try to fix the schools. My personal opinion is you never will. And I know that sounds discouraging, but they are 100% successful in accomplishing exactly what they were designed to do. They will not let you change them. Maybe you'll have a little victory of taking some bad book out of there or whatever, but the entire idea a lot of people don't know this either. Age-segregated peer grouping is from Karl Marx. That whole idea of grouping people by their age group, that's that's Marxism. And everyone's bought into it today. Our churches even do that. We take the kids away from the parents. The 12-year-old kids go to their Sunday school. The 11-year-old kids go to their Sunday school. It's Marxism. Because when a young person hangs around, if you're 12 and you hang around 12-year-olds your whole life, guess what? You're always going to be dumb and ignorant because if, if you're hanging around people that don't know anything, then you're not learning anything except from your teachers. And that's what they, they wanted to be the primary influencers. So they said, let's get the children away from those parents. And then we will have them where they can't learn from anybody around them because all the people around them don't know any more than they do. We will brainwash them with what we want them to believe. And that's what they've done. But it's the whole system is not a good model. That's when John Dewey went over in the 1920s to the Soviet Union and studied under Lenin. He goes, well, what are you doing with schools? He brought that back. And that's when the one room schoolhouses disappeared in America because they said you cannot brainwash a seven year old if there's a 17 year old in the room because they'll hear what you're doing. They'll go, hey, what are you doing? That's not true. And so you have to break them out into their own age. So then you can customize the brainwashing and propaganda to totally twist their minds to believe whatever you want them to believe. And and he's the father of that. And he is just is so rotten, you can't believe it. And he was just a, a disgusting person in many different ways. But he created a system to do exactly what we're getting right now. Why is, why is it no reading, writing, arithmetic required in Oregon? And it's moving into other states because of John Dewey. Well, thank you for that. I know that um, people that um, people that even know who he is, uh, basically, in the educational system, revere him as as a hero. I know of, of the educational system. They have no idea what what the truth is about that guy. That's but right. um, I, I wanted to bring that out. Um, 
And regarding the churches, sometime we need to talk about the um, clergy response team too. <laughs> Maybe that's topic for another documentary at some point. Yeah. But um, why don't we? Uh, boy, I can't believe time is going so quickly here. Let's talk about America's history and heritage, how our nation is unique, and how it was founded on principles of freedom. Start from where we started from, and then let's contrast that with where we're at. Okay. Well, yeah, if you, you go back to our beginnings, which was the pilgrims are really the beginning of America. So we've just had our over 400th anniversary a couple of years ago was the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving. And, um, you see the principles from the Mayflower Compact where they realize we have to covenant together to obey God's laws. We have to submit to authority. That was kind of the foundation stone of America. That whole idea that no man cannot just go do whatever he wants. We're only free to do what God would want us to do. No man is ever has liberty or freedom to do what is wrong, to do things God says, you do not do this. Um, and that's what's been one of the things that was perverted by the Frankfurt School is, no, you're free to, they, they switch freedom, meaning you can do whatever you want. And our founders would roll over in their grave if you told them freedom means you can do whatever you want. They would say, no, that will destroy you faster than anything else. Freedom means that you're free to obey what God has asked you to do and nothing else. And so, but we've come from there and then some great, amazing founding fathers that so were so well educated and from history and the Bible, they understood how evil man was, like the Bible tells us. And they knew that, listen, if we don't put chains on government, it will abuse its people in no time whatsoever. And I'm so amazed. My father is too. My father's 90, his next birthday, but he always tells me, he goes, our founding fathers were such geniuses where this thing has lasted almost 250 years, even though it's had so many of these enemies from within just trying to destroy for over 100 years. He goes, they just knew. And I go, yeah, they were inspired by God to, to really set things up where it would just be so hard to corrupt it and to abuse it. And slowly over time, that has happened by them just ignoring the Constitution, the document they swear to uphold. And so from the 30s and 40s back then, as the the church even started to drift away from biblical principles, biblical foundations, because the Humanist Manifesto, who John Dewey was the author of, came out in, I think, 1933, and it started to set the parameters for society as the church is fine, but it needs to keep its activities inside the four walls of the church. That was kind of laid out there in the Humanist Manifesto. And they said, we're going to take our religion of humanism and we're going to preach it 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the schools, in society. And we will win this battle then if they only get one hour on Sunday. And so John Dewey being part of that as well, that started to happen. And then the, unfortunately, the Christian church, as the seminaries were becoming more and more penetrated by the communists, which they said that's the number one thing they were doing back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, um, they, they, they would go through the seminary and then they would stay and be the professors. So they knew if we can train the, the pastors, then we could start directing them away from the Bible, away from God's infallible word into just things that sound good. We could take the energies of the church because they always admired the church, the power of it. They go, if we can harness those energies into our movements, our causes, social justice and creation care and all these Christian sounding buzzwords they come up with to, to use the Christian church for their advantage, that's what they've done. And so we've just seen it turn. And then the morality, if you look at the you know, out of wedlock pregnancies in the 60s compared to today and everything. It's just, everything is just unraveled because of those influences. And, and a lot of people on our side, you know, say America is an exceptional country and exceptional people. I don't really agree with that. I understand what they mean. And, and it's a good heart behind that. What made America special is we did do things God's way. And, and so we were blessed. And because we were blessed, we did look exceptional to the world, but I, I, I just want to lay this out there for people because it's important to understand any country in the world 
if they would turn right now to the God of the Bible and say, we want you to be our God, and we're going to instill biblical principles in everything that we do, they would all of a sudden, in a very, for, a very few years, look exceptional to the world. It's God and it's his blessing that that has made America what it is. And as we, that blessing is coming off into judgment, and we're totally under judgment now, it's just crystal clear. When you have people debating, yeah, if a little boy is a really little boy or girl, you're like, that's God's judgment. When when every even Democrat should be able to see that crystal clear, that's ridiculous. A little boy is a little boy and a little girl is a little girl, period. And you can't change that. Even if you want to, you can't change it. It's in your XX or XY. Um, but as that's unraveled then, um, and people have turned their back on God, we're, we're heading where we're heading. And that's what, that that's a sobering reality, too. What what communism is, it's not really anything. It's it's only the absence of God's influence and principles and, and values and statutes and things being upheld. When you take God out, you will become a communist country. You will bow the knee to man. You will be under man's totalitarian control when you reject God. It's just the way it goes. If you study history, every time the Jewish people turn their back on God and start worshiping idols, God allows the tyrants, the communists to come in, the Philistines, whoever, and rule you with an iron fist. Because he goes, that's what you get. You're going to be ruled by me or you're going to be ruled by man. And so we need to encourage people to turn back and say, no, we want to be ruled by God <laughs> because he is a loving uh, master, unlike the communists. You have said it all right in that in those last few statements. I, I think we can be done now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that basically covers it, doesn't it? Um, absolutely. Uh, anyone in our studio audience have any questions or comments for Curtis before we... Uh, uh, lose track of time here. Now is your chance to make a comment. Raise your hand. I think Mark wants to. Mark, I think Mark tried to do something there. I I would love to, Rob. Thank you, uh, Curtis. Nice to meet you via the digital medium, all the way from the UK. Thank you for all that you have done. It's much appreciated. I've got your email. I'm going to forward you a little drama I made, which is a warning about communism in 2018. And I would love to discuss that and compare notes from the UK, because when I see Jim Wallace is, I mean, I, I know who you are. I followed some of your stuff, which is amazing. Um, but when I see Jim Wallace there, who is married to the daughter of a Church of England vicar, of a place that I actually know over here. It's all these connections. And then to see the Fabian Society when you're quoting Bertram Russell. Curtis, I, I, it was great to see Trevor Loudon on there. Why is it that it's some of us foreigners who don't live within the United States are shouting the, the loudest about trying to wake America up? Why do you think it's like that? It's like that because you all are wise enough to see if America goes down, you're going to go down immediately afterward. Uh, America has been a light that God has blessed mm. to be strong, to be the main bearer of the gospel all worldwide, the funder of missions, the, the primary funder of missions, taking over from England, which used to be the primary funder of, of missions in the 1800s. And then the 1900s, America took that over. And I think that's why God preserved us. But with our military and with just our presence, we have the hand of evil has been um, subdued a little bit. It's, it's still there all over, but they know they can only go so far. The day America falls in communist China, they won't be doing things undercover, whatever. They'll be having executions in the street on live on TV. Mm -hmm. And so their citizens will be in total fear. Are they executing citizens now? Of course, but they know they've got to do a little more subtly because you, you got to be careful not to get on America's bad side. So if America was to fall, then the, the New Zealand and Australia and the Absolutely. UK and everything would, as well as every other country in the world, the, the Chinese communists would immediately give calls to half the countries of the mm. world and let them know you are under our control now. And mm. those countries would all say, yes, sir, what do you want us to do? Because mm. they couldn't take them on. 
No, I, I would love to come on. I would love to come and uh, discuss that with you on a show because why is it? And I, I say this with a load of much love because I have many friends on your side of the pond, including dear Rob. Um, why is it that America just seems people are just not waking up to me? I mean, I've been back a few months since it from a 12-week tour. Are people waking up, Curtis, or people not? I'm very frustrated about that. Yes. Um, no, many have awakened from COVID and the shots and the adverse reactions mm. and the mm. lockdowns and things. So, no, there's been a, a whole new – the remnant has probably doubled in size over the last three years, which has been a great blessing. God always blesses even in the midst of evil. Uh, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Mm. Um, mm. So, but – but here's what's the problem in America, Mark, and, and I see it, again, more awake now, but I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day. We have such a nice life in America. It's still yeah. hard to believe. Even though I study this stuff, I know what is going on. A lot of times if I'm just walking around, we live out in the country on 40 acres, and it's beautiful. I'm like, is there really any problems? I mean, it's so easy to believe that I in hear, America because we have the most wonderful life. Our families are there, our you know, communities. If you're not in the big, vile cities in America, life is still pretty wonderful in America, small town America. And so you it's hard. It's, you're like people I talk to in my little town about some of this, they look at me like I'm from Mars. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, dude, I guess just keep living in your old fantasy world or whatever. Um, so that's what it is, I think. It's just when it starts to tighten down more like the lockdowns did, if that would extend more, the longer you have stuff like that, the more you're going to have people going, no, we're not doing this anymore. Um, but it was, it's just, it's a, it, it's like we were disconnected from the reality of how things really are because we still have a lot of freedom and a lot of ability to have a very nice life with those around us. Mm. Mm. Sorry, Rob. I'm taking. I was taking over. I do apologize. <laughs> You're all right, Mark. Anyone else in the audience? Now's your chance, because otherwise we're gonna we're gonna jump back in here. Okay. So anyway, um, changing uh, subjects here a little bit. It's no secret that our our so-called Justice Department uh, has been weaponized against conservatives and Christians and what they call nationalists. I, for one, don't think that the word nationalist is a bad word. But um, how are our three-letter agencies complicit in the overall agenda? And attached to that question, tell us your thoughts on January 6th and the J6 prisoners. Oh, so much there and all that. Yeah. It's crystal clear now that all of our three-letter agencies have been captured 100% our ideologues for the other side. It's it's 100% crystal clear. What's amazing to me, because I've studied communism so much and read all the, almost everything from Marx forward that was significant, is a lot of people forget this, but I like to remind people. The, 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 the head of the FBI and the head of the CIA during Trump, Comey and Brennan, those two men both admitted they had been communists. I mean, think about that for a minute. You know, in, in 2020, the head of the FBI and the head of the CIA both admitted that, yeah, in our past, we were communists. We're not anymore. And they were asked, well, what are you now? And they, well, I don't know, but we're not communists anymore. Once a communist, always a communist. I have, I've studied them. Once you buy into that ideology, um, you are in it, unless maybe you've get saved or something with it, but then you'll be an anti-communist to your bootstraps because you know how evil that is when you take God out and you put man in his place. So, but so that, so you see that you go, well, who do they hire? Fellow travelers and like-minded people. They're committed to this thing. We know now from M. Stanton Evans book, a man that was in my documentary, he's died now, but he was a Yale researcher, just a genius. And he, his last book revealed it's called Stalin's Secret Agents, that in FDR's administration, he had over 200 Soviet spies. 200. And were they ever removed from power? No. 
And so what do they do when they're in there? They keep hiring from within. Anything they can have influence over, they hire fellow travelers to come in. So they're always building their movement because their movement is their entire life. It's their religion. It's their hobby. It's everything to them, They're the communist cause. And so, so you go, well, if they never were uprooted back in the 30s, it's 100 years later. Of course, they've taken over. That's what the deep state is in America. A lot of people don't get what's the deep state. It's the Marxists that have entrenched themselves in every part of American government, agriculture, education, EPA, anything to just totally handicap us and to cripple us from within to take down their number one enemy. And so and to to make people discontent with America, wanting something new and better. And so so, yes, those the FBI is rotten to the core. The CIA has always been rotten to the core since its founding. And because it was above the law and you cannot have something above the law because man is naturally evil. And if you allow anything to be outside of the law, it will always be corrupted, period. And that's why our founders put every everything was supposed to be under the law. Um, so, yeah. So what January 6th, a protest that was clearly we know hijacked now where, yes, so, so a few people stirred up and went in and did a little vandalism, not even significant, nothing like the summer of 2020 where you're burning down federal buildings and killing police officers and everything. Um and we'd been lying. Oh, five police officers were murdered, which is a total lie. Not a single one was. Um, but if you look at that, that's what the Marxists do. They flip everything on its head. So like you said, the word nationalist, before they hijack that word to mean a white supremacist, a nationalist meant someone that loves their nation. You could be any color. You could be whatever. It's someone that loves their nation is a nationalist. Um, whatever country. No, nations were created and established by God. Exactly. And it's someone that loves theirs would have called, oh, he's a nationalist. He loves Germany or he loves Italy or he loves, you know, uh, Brazil or whatever. So that's what that was. But they 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 always do that. They they redefine the words. So they capture the language. So we have a hard time communicating because we're like, uh, I'm a nationalist. Oh, you're a white supremacist. He even admitted it. Like, no, white supremacist. That's not what that means to me. That's what it means to you because you changed the definition. So that's what's happened is. They've they've taken these agencies. The fact that there's still people in there that's coming up on three years next month, no trial, no charges pressed, held in a gulag where they're being abused, fed rotten food with black mold growing on the walls of their cells, and literally physically being abused by the guards. That tells you we have fallen. We, we have totally fallen when that's happening in America. But who do, we, who do we blame that on? One of the main people, and we need to wake up to this too and repent, George W. Bush, who's the one that pushed through the Patriot Act. And we allowed it. And I was for it back then too. So we all have to, if you were for that back then, which we shouldn't have been, but the hype of our love for a country, when we were told, this is patriotic, right? Oh, okay, then I'm for it. We can't fall for that anymore. They know using the Patriot card is the best way to seduce us into being involved in something or supporting something that's no good. Cause they know we do love this country and we do love the principles it was founded upon. But George W. Bush, he hurried that thing that through that they'd already written because they knew what was coming down the road and then hurried it through. So if you're a terrorist, you don't have constitutional rights and we should have never gone for that. That was not the Christian thing to do. Everyone should have a right. Even the terrorists, yes, have a court case. If you find him guilty, then go hang him. But if he's innocent, let him go. And we say, oh, no, no, terrorists, they don't deserve rights. And we didn't realize, oh, you know, 20 years later, they're going to redefine what a terrorist is. It's a mother that comes to a school board meeting and, and yells at the people that are trying to brainwash their children. That's a domestic terrorist, and we need to surveil them. So we can't ever let that happen again. All men are created equal, and they're given by their creator certain inalienable rights. And one of those is a trial by a jury of their peers with all the evidence presented. And then if they're found guilty, okay, then they're guilty, but not beforehand. But that's what's happened. So, the, yeah, the January 16th was something they obviously set up ahead of time. It was a, it was a setup of the way the doors were open, hardly any security there, all the things that you go, 
you're having a joint session of Congress. You know there's going to be a million people there to rally that day, and you have the doors open in some of the areas, and the, the, the police numbers are way down. And they knew what they were doing. Over 20 FBI agents. We know we're involved now for sure and stuff. So, uh, but they just wrote it for all it's worth because they couldn't have us look into the election because they know what they had done, and and that's the reality. So on January 6th, did the did the people that wanted to make America great again do an insurrection? No, but Congress did. They had an insurrection of their own, and they covered it by again the opposite. Always accuse your enemy of doing what you were doing as cover, and that's what they did. And so we're in a very sobering time right now because we have a government in there that is just rotten and corrupted to the core. And but again, hopefully and prayerfully, more and more truth, more and more evidence will come out to awaken more. And maybe God will allow us to to meet out some justice in, in the system. Well, that kind of leads to my next question, which is where do where do people like the, you know, J, what happened to the J6ers? Um, has had a chilling effect and oh. it has it has drastically uh changed the way people think so where do we go for a redress of grievances well i mean there's some different i, I don't have them off the top of my head but there's some good groups that are supporting those january 6 uh prisoners political prisoners and that are still working on those cases and um we need to just stay engaged at every level but not let any certain level like federal elections or low overwhelm us or consume us. God wants us to live a balanced life where you are plugged into your family right there where you are, your wife, your children, your, you know, your extended family, your neighbors and things like that. Standing, speaking truth, influencing others um, and, and sharing the gospel and things. That's the solution to all of our problems. And then just being faithful right there. Some of the big things where you go, what do we do about that? If you don't know what to do, or if you always feel overwhelmed by any particular issue, get down on your knees and say, God, I'm giving that to you. I'm not sure what to do about that, but please, that that help justice to be served there. Please reveal, the, expose the lies and things like that. And then just at the local level, we need to, to start really putting most of our influence there, most of our efforts to detach from the big machine of big business, big pharma, big medicine, big government, and start building local communities that are much more connected with each other and where you're getting your food and things that you're dependent on as local to you and as close to you as possible. Um, so as they do try to pull off some more things in the near future, they're desperate. 2024 is going to be a big year. I just know it is because I, I read all their stuff, those people and groups of the left, and they know they're so close to the finish line of their one world totalitarian government. And they know the, the, the troops are growing against them, but they are not going to give up without a fight. And so we need to just be faithful to speak, stand for and live the truth. Um, and, and like old Alexander Solzhenitsyn once said, the Soviet Union, live not by lies. Just commit to never being silent in the face of a lie. Someone says something that's a lie at work, you have to say, I'm sorry, but that's not true. And you can say it kindly, but we have to speak the truth. And we, we have to stand up against this evil and, uh, and pray that God will have mercy on us for doing that. Oh, I wanted to get into uh, the situation at the southern border, but um, we're we're down to about a minute here, um, so we're going to have to not not going to get to that. But tell us, you know, I, I do believe twenty twenty four has to be a pivotal year um, because um, you know with the upcoming election. Do you think it's possible to even have a real fair election anymore? I don't think so, but but we have to to work toward it anyway. If in 2024 Biden beats Trump or whatever in a landslide, then we know, okay, we don't have free elections anymore, which is a huge thing. And, and if that happens, then we'll have to look at that and go, okay, I think we need to really focus at the state levels. Make your county, make your city, make your state the greatest state it can be where the governor, you get people in there that will say, no, thank you to the federal government. And we're not involved in, you can do masks if you want, we're not doing it. You can do lockdowns if you want, we're not doing it. You can do vaxes if you want, we're not doing it. And I think that's kind of the, might be the next logical solution. But of course, 
be involved in the federal election and pray that God will expose their schemes to make it corrupt. Um, that's what I pray. God, just have mercy on us and, and, and help multiply our loaves and fishes here with the truth. And, and then just do what you can do. Double down your efforts to pray, to fast, and to act this year, and then leave the rest to God. And and he will use us, whatever happens to our country, he will still use us in the midst of whatever's going on to glorify himself. Amen. Well said, Curtis. Thank you for being here. Um, folks, I can't... I can't emphasize enough the importance of going to agendadocumentary.com or agendaweekly.com. Get these documentaries. Um, they are very affordable and well worth your time. And um, inform your friends, family, and neighbors. At, like he said, it, we need to get the local, but we need to get this information out. And these are still uh, going, even going back to 2010, they're still the best documentaries I've ever seen. So agendadocumentary.com or agendaweekly.com. Thank you, Curtis. Uh, next week, Doug Hagman will be my guest from the Hagman Report. Uh, tune in. We'll be discussing the latest investigations that he's been working on, and we'll see you then. God bless. Bye. Thank you.